Thanks for listening to the All Nations Church podcast. Enjoy this week's message from James Aubrey. We hope it leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and empowers you to advance the kingdom of God in your community. If you'd like to find out more, head to allnationschurch.org.uk slash podcast. How great to see you. How great to be with you. And good morning to everyone who's watching now. Greetings to all our All Nations Church family and greetings to everyone watching all around the world. It's great to be with you. And if you've been joining us at all this past few weeks, you know that we're in a series at All Nations Church called The King and His Kingdom. And uh, we have been going through the Word of God together. Tim and T and Josh Scaife have been taking us over the last couple of weeks through some different stories to help us understand more about the kingdom of God and its wonderful King, the Lord Jesus. And I trust that you have been blessed and encouraged by it. I trust you've been challenged and provoked as well. I trust that more than anything else, you're growing in your faith in the Lord and your love for his wonderful church. Now, for the first time this coming week, we're going to be launching some midweek content as well. So watch out on social media, on YouTube and Facebook and other places this week, because we're going to be putting some short videos up, some really, really short videos that will just explain a little bit more from the Bible about what we mean about the kingdom of God. And I trust that they'll do you good. They'll build your faith and that they'll help you and supplement what we're doing here Sunday by Sunday on the stream. If you've got a Bible with you, would you open it please to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read another story this morning from Matthew's Gospel that's going to help us uh, enjoy the adventure of following our King in his kingdom. Matthew chapter 4. And I'm going to read this morning from the New International Version. I'm going to start in verse 17. This is what it says. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishes of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Let's pray a moment, shall we? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you that there's power in your word. There's revelation in your word. There's hope in your word. And we just ask in this moment today, as we open it afresh, would you speak to us? Would you guide us? Would you help us understand it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a great story. It begins with this interesting phrase, from that time on. 
which we find a couple of times in Matthew's gospel. And it means that there's a change of pace or a change of scene going on. And for, for Jesus, the, what's happened is that John the Baptist has just been put into prison. It says in verse 12 of Matthew 4. And Jesus moves from uh, his hometown of, of, of Nazareth into a place called Capernaum. And he begins to preach. He begins to proclaim the kingdom of God. And this is the same message that John the Baptist has been preaching. Repent, return to God, change your ways, change the way you think, reorder your priorities because the kingdom of God has come. It's the same message, but it's a different method. John went out into the desert and people came to him. Jesus went to people and people followed him. I want you to keep that in your mind as we look at this story because Jesus is calling us to follow him and that means imitating his ways and his methods. Jesus went to people and people followed him. I think that gives us a clue for how God wants us as Christians to live our lives, not out in the desert, but going to people in need. This was the same message as John, but it had a different meaning. You see, what John announced as a future hope Jesus presented as a present reality. John was pointing towards Jesus who was coming, but Jesus could say, in me, the kingdom of God has come. And he proved it. He proved it. In his preaching, in his works of power, he proved that the kingdom of God was a present reality. What did the people say? What did the, the crowd say when he preached to them? They said, he preaches with authority. Not like the scribes, there's a power in his preaching. But that wasn't all. Wherever he went, he did good. Sick people were healed. Demon-possessed people were set free. It was a wonderful demonstration that the rule and reign of God had come. And in the rest of this passage, we find Jesus calling people to follow him. Going through the region, preaching and teaching, healing and delivering. But right in the middle of this very exciting story, there's one moment that I'd like us to focus our attention on today. And it's found in um, the story of Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee and he sees fishermen, he sees Peter and Andrew and he says to them, come, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, this is a very important part of the kingdom life for us. Very important aspect of life with Jesus, life in his kingdom. And the more I've been thinking about it over the last couple of weeks, the more I have been thinking about a TV show that my family and I got into during the lockdown. It's called The World's Toughest Race. Uh, It's presented by someone called Bear Grylls. Um, Bear Grylls is an adventurer. He... um, Uh, he's kind of one of these exciting people who kind of goes out into forests and forages and all these kind of things. If any of you have been watching the Alpha course, if you're doing the Alpha course with us at All Nations at the moment, you'll have seen Bear Grylls share his testimony on one of the videos. But it's set in Fiji, and um, elite ultra-athletes from all around the world come together in teams, and they have to get across the island of Fiji, hiking, biking, climbing, canoeing, swimming. Uh, They have very little food, very little sleep, And they have to try and make it from checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint. And the first one to get all the way across the island wins. It's great TV. It's a terrible idea. Who would want to do that? But it's a great, it's great TV. Watching all these people kind of go push themselves to their limits. But the more I've been thinking about 
the TV show, there's one thing that really bothers me about it. There's one thing that happens that really, you know, I put my head in my hands every time it comes on. And in fact, we've got a clip for you that we're going to show you right now to, to demonstrate what I mean. 40 kilometers from Camp 4, Team Curl has decided to veer off the Ridgeline Trail for a shortcut down a steep ravine that could save them time. But this is a risk. Trekking off course in Fiji can quickly backfire, causing a dire situation for the entire team. Justin is the brains of the group. There's no question about that. He is always five steps ahead of any human that I know. And he took 150% of the brunt of navigation. There's a will, there's a way. But yeah, it could get really steep. I wish I was a goat. With many kilometers to go until they reach Camp 4, Team Curl's decision to leave the Ridgeline Trail is turning out to be a bad move. We are missing the mark here. What the heck's going on? so puzzled right now. I didn't feel too scared about navigating too far off course, and maybe I should have been a little more scared. I mean, it shows it going straight up. I mean, it's hard to tell, right, if it zigs and zags, but then it veers hard right. That's the direction of our peak. Oh, wait, but where are you gonna get up there? Well, I'm not sure. We have to get up and over this band of cliffs, but we're just not really sure which is the right way to go. I, I didn't like this at all. I mean, I don't mind. Oh, yeah, considering. Finally, I mind dying. <gasps> my number one tip for anybody, my number one tip for anybody who is thinking of entering the next World Toughest Race is this. There are no shortcuts. Let me say that one more time. There are no shortcuts. Every time I saw someone in this TV show go, I know there's a shortcut. I want to put my head in my hands and scream at the TV. No, don't do it. There are no shortcuts. It's going to take you hours, days. You're going to be tired and hungry. Don't go off the beaten track. Just stick to what you know. There are no shortcuts. I don't know why we as people are obsessed with shortcuts. I don't know why we think if we can just find a quicker, simpler, easier way to do things, it's always going to be more successful. And it makes me think about life in the kingdom of God. Not because following Jesus is the world's toughest race. That's not what I'm saying today. But very simply this. Life in the kingdom of God is one way and one way only. Following Jesus. There are no shortcuts. I am not going to become a fisher of people. Peter and Andrew are not going to fulfill their destiny by going off another direction there were no shortcuts. The only way is the Jesus way. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And if we proclaim the good news of the kingdom, if we look together as a church at the kingdom of God and don't talk about Jesus as the king and about putting him first as the king, we're not really presenting to you the full gospel of the kingdom. 
It's not a method. It's not a theory. It's not a philosophy. It's not a self-help guide that we've bought on, on Amazon for our New Year's resolution. The only way is to follow Jesus. This principle is at the heart of the kingdom. And what the, Jesus was about to take his disciples on was a terrific adventure. Just think of the passage we've read. They were moving around. They were preaching the message of the kingdom. They were seeing miracles. But all of it comes as a response to this call. Follow me. Come, follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, a leader, a teacher, a rabbi in Jesus' day had followers, had disciples. It wasn't unusual. John the Baptist had disciples. The Pharisees had disciples. But what set Jesus apart was this. Jesus chose his followers. They didn't choose him. Other contemporaries, you would, you would be able to choose who you followed. You'd be able to choose which rabbi or, or leader you would follow. And then you could choose to leave him after a while as well. But Jesus didn't work that way. He chose his disciples. And when I was younger, I used to make so many deals with God to try and get him to use me, to try to get him to allow me to serve him. And I'd pray all kinds of prayers on my own. I'd make him deals and I'd make him crazy promises that if he just allowed me to serve him, I'd do this, that and the other. And I'd never get an answer back. And then I, I gave up praying those prayers. And one day, reading John's gospel, John chapter 15, verse 16, suddenly came alive to me, where Jesus says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And suddenly I realized that all of my strivings and all of my, pick me, pick me, the father was just waiting for me to stop. So he could say, I chose you a long time ago. Come follow me. That's what God has for you today. But so Jesus chose his followers. They didn't choose him. What also made Jesus different was that other teachers expected their disciples to listen and to learn. But Jesus expected his disciples to apply his teaching and take action. Jesus wasn't merely looking for note takers. He was looking for people who were ready to fish for people. It's exciting, isn't it, when you think Jesus says to these people, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And Jesus gets their attention by speaking to them in a way they can understand. They're fishermen. So he says, come follow me and I'll make you fish for people. But he's doing something else there at the same time. He's also talking to them about his heart and describing their destiny. You see, fishing for people was a way that some of the Old Testament prophets described uh, God acting in judgment against people who were rebelling against him. Jeremiah and Amos does this. But Jesus here is not talking about taking people off to judgment. He's talking about saving people. And so he transforms this image and shows the disciples, I'm here to save the world and I want you to come and save the world with me. Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishes of men. Come, follow me, and together we're going to save people. We're going to change the world. Come, follow me, Jesus says. Listen to me, learn from me, and I'll train you. I'll teach you. There's no need for the Avengers to assemble when Jesus' disciples get their act together. So what? So how does that apply to us today? What difference is that going to make in our lives right now? 
in this 21st century world, this current lockdown experience? What does it matter? Well, let me give you three things this morning about the the call of Jesus that applies to us all. The first one is this. He's calling. Very simple, but he's the one calling. He's in charge. He's leading. He's the king, remember? And it's easy for us to focus on in the story about all the things that the disciples gave up and left behind and how might that apply to us? The fact that one of them left a boat or they left their father or left their nets. What does that mean for me? But I've been drawn more and more in the stories I've read it this week, not to what they've left behind, but who they followed and how quickly they followed him. It says of Peter and Andrew, immediately they left their boats and followed him. They were interested in following after Jesus straight away. He's calling. And in this discipleship adventure, in this life of the kingdom, he is the one doing the leading. He's the one doing the teaching. He's the one doing the planning. He's the one who's got good paths for you to walk in. He's the one who's prepared good works for you in advance to do. But he's in charge. Um, I'm not the co-pilot. He's in charge. Are we willing to embrace that today? In this world that allows so often us to go our own way and do our own thing and define our own destiny, there's a God who made us and there's a God who's calling us with a plan that he has for us. He's calling. I've never regretted responding to God's call. Never regretted it. Second thing is this. He's calling us. Why do I think that's significant? Well, as I read this story and as I read other similar stories, I find that there was no first disciple. None of the guys could ever claim to be Jesus' first disciple. Because the first disciples he calls, he calls as a community. From now on, it's family. It's community. It's collaboration. It's teamwork. Following Jesus means following him alongside everyone else who's following him. He's calling us. I feel that's very important for us. If I can speak just for a moment to our Royal Nations Church family who is watching. Jesus is calling us to follow him. Jesus has gathered us together. And following him means following him together. Following him in community. Following him in fellowship following him in relationship where we have to get close to one another, to learn from one another, to be changed by one another, maybe to have a few things knocked off one another. But that's where kingdom adventure really takes off. Where we're willing to go, Lord Jesus, not only am I following you, I'll follow you with anyone and everyone who's following you too. (laughs) So he's calling us. And once we've got that established, once we know in our hearts that he's calling us, we can also say this, this third and final thing this morning, he is calling you. He is calling you. Although he's calling us, although Jesus' ultimate call is for us to follow him as a family of disciples, as to be citizens together in his kingdom, we do also have to recognize today that every one of us has a choice to make. Will you today decide to follow him? And I believe that there are people watching today who need to make that decision. 
Some of you are watching this in your children of parents, parents who are believers. But you know that the time is coming for you to make a decision to follow Jesus. Some of you are watching this with your husband or your wife, and they are following Jesus with all their heart. But you know, between you and God, maybe between you and me, you know you're not really following him. But today is the day when you can decide, I'm going to respond to his call and follow him. This hit home for us in our household a few weeks ago because our youngest daughter um, had given her life to Jesus and she began to ask to be baptised. And we talked through together. Um, we talked what it, about what it meant. And she was very clear. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I'll follow him for all my life. I want to be baptised. She made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus and we were able to baptise her last week. She made a decision to follow Jesus for herself. And we rejoice in that fact as parents. But there are no shortcuts. There are no um, other ways that we can advance this kingdom other than by following the Lord Jesus. And he's calling all of us today. He has a good plan for every person watching and every person listening. He has a perfect part in his kingdom for you to play. He's calling us. He has a place for us as a family. He has a, a part for you in community. He wants no one to be lonely, left behind or lost. He doesn't want anybody living in isolation. He doesn't want any festering wounds. He wants there to be a family of disciples following him. But he is also calling every one of us, to follow him. And I'm just going to give you a moment now, those of you who are watching, to respond to that last thing. Because I believe there are people watching today, and you know, now is the time, today is the day, for you to respond to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm just going to pray a very simple prayer, and you can pray along it with me. Because the Lord Jesus is calling you to follow him. Lord Jesus, I choose today to follow you. I turn from my own ways and I put my trust in you. I follow you and I thank you for hearing this prayer. Amen. Wherever you are in the world and however you've watched this this morning, may you know God's grace and peace in everything you do today and all the way through the rest of this week. We trust you have been encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to get connected, you can write to us at hello at allnationschurch.org.uk or call us on 029-2052-4125. Thank you so much for tuning in.